0: You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment leadership and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup.
1: That was so good. Yay. We're done.
0: This is JC Landy, a YouTube producer. This is a story of family.
2: Family means everything.
3: First it's it's home. It is home and it is the most important thing.
1: Family is sacrifice.
0: Family is effort. How is family defined? How are familial relationships formed?
3: It's just it wasn't easy.
0: Like, I tell my mom,
1: she's my everything.
0: Family is complicated. There's no unique way that family looks or functions. For many immigrant and mixed citizenship families, family looks very different from the traditional picture of two doting parents, where everyone lives together, financially secure, in a house with a white picket fence, and where everyone gets along. At an early age, the realization that my family was scattered between hemispheres was of no surprise to me. Many other immigrant families in my apartment building and neighborhood shared a similar situation, but upon expanding outside my bubble and going to school, I came to a new realization that my family structure was not what one would expect or think of when they hear the word family. So then what is family? Is physical interaction and sharing space a requirement? Can love and kinship, which are key traits of family, be achieved among members that have spent the majority of their lives apart? How does this change or apply when specifically looking at mothers and their children? What does it mean to form a bond or familyhood when mother and child are physically separated or when siblings have never shared space? With these questions in mind, I invite you to hear the Murillo family story, whose names have been altered for privacy and voiceovers done for interviews conducted in Spanish.
2: The moment of separation with my two children was sad.
0: Meet Julia. She moved to the U.S. from Ecuador 30 years ago in pursuit of a better future for her kids. Julia is a mother of four, two of which were born in Ecuador and unable to come with her when she first moved to the United States, Eugenia and Gael, and the other two who she had much later in life, once in the U.S., Alex and Melanie.
2: It hurt my heart because when I left to drop off my daughter, at school on the day that I was meant to leave, Mija Eugenia dragged herself on my legs and she told me to not to leave her. And that's something I can't get over until the day that I'm able to hug her. I will never be able to get over ever. That is what I have most in my mind and remember. Separation is difficult. Having to abandon them in order to look for a better future for them, and I thank the Lord that I was able to achieve that. My biggest dream was for them to be professionals, and achieved that, both both at the expense of their suffering, and our suffering as parents.
0: How was it like to raise Eugenia and Gael once you were in the United States, now that you were no longer physically by their side?
2: Well, when I was here, mm, well, every week I talk with them, always with the dissolution the of returning, always with the dissolution that I would study and have a professional career. And we have always talked, me especially. I talked with them four times a week and made sure that they were never missing money so they were in good conditions. But always on special days, they always cry and would say, there is no money that could buy all the the love and kindness that was missing from us as parents. And communication was that, cars because we didn't have video calls yet. We didn't have that technology. It is still, it still didn't exist. And so it was difficult communicating through our cards and photos taken like that on a cardboard, one could say. And so it was very distant from that that it is today. Today is better, better.
0: From the conversation we had, it became clear that while the effort was there to talk and have space to form a meaningful connection, there was only so much that could be conveyed through photos and letters that took time to deliver. Despite that, her children were still able to form and maintain that affection and intimacy with her. Next, we'll hear from Eugenia. She is the oldest of Julia's children and about to turn 41 this year. Eugenia was born, raised, and still currently living in Cuenca Ecuador with her partner and two children. Eugenia was 10 years old when Julia left for the States and their encounters since have only been via phone calls, text messages, and video. From the moment her parents were gone, she took charge of looking after her younger brother, Gael. She now devotes her time in taking care of her children and assisting her partner, who is a college professor, with class materials. A day doesn't go by where she doesn't text her mom on Messenger to send silly pictures of her kids or asking when is free to video chat. To say they're close is an understatement. Do you think you've always felt your mom's love, even if you weren't always physically together?
1: Yes. You know, always, always, and it's since my mom left when I, w- when I was younger, I looked at the moon and I said, mom is also seeing the same moon as me. So I never, ever felt that I was alone. She was always here with me. And I think it's what I feel to this day, that she is always with me. When I talk to mom, I feel that, I feel all that love, that affection, she can transmit to me, even though we can only talk through the screen, I see her when she smiles, when she's sad, when she sees me with those eyes of love, then that. That fills me a lot, even though she can't give me a physical hug. But I love when I talk to my mom and I see her smile and her eyes. She she in her eyes, I feel and I see the love she has. And I mean, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as FaceTime or video calls, but When we talked on the phone, mom's voice and her tips that she always gave remained. And so never, never have I felt that because we're far apart that I can't feel her affection or care or her presence.
0: Of course, it hasn't always been good or positive between them and their mom, especially for Gael. For him especially, the journey to get to where they are now calling each other every week and constantly messaging, has taken a lot of time to flourish. Just like Eugenia, Gael was born in Cuenca. However, he now lives in Hualaseo with his wife and daughters. He helps his wife with their small seafood restaurant and runs a local academy teaching music to kids. He was eight years old when Julia left and is now 38. How has your relationship with your mom changed over time?
3: Well... I have, I can tell you that I've had several changes throughout my life because, I mean, I remember from when I was a child before my mom left because I was very attached to her and then, and then I would say that my relationship with her was a bit stagnant, something like that, because I grew up, albeit with affection towards her, but I also grew up with a bit of resentment towards her. So because I felt her absence and in my mind as a child I always had the thought that she left because she didn't love us. Because let's say from the beginning, both mom and dad, and when they left to give us a better life, when I reached adolescence, I said, But if we continue to have the same life as always, then there is no better life, like they were promising. They really left. And I would have preferred if they stayed here. Well, of course these are things that one, as a boy, when he's a teenager, does not understand the circumstances that they have to go through. But later, when I matured a little more and became an adult, already having my first child, I think that changed. And thanks to the fact that little by little, technology advanced, and we were able to make video calls, it made it a little easier to really form that love and that affection that even still it really won't be the same. Even today, it is not the same. We, thank God, can see our siblings who were born in the United States. We have had the opportunity to see Alex and Melanie, and we were able to get a little closer as siblings as a family. And I think that, well, that's something that is pending with mom and dad, to be able to have that physical closeness. But obviously, now there is more sincerity at least on my part. In the fact that I can trust my love is sincere towards them and I no longer have anything negative in my heart towards them.
0: How has your relationship with your mom changed after becoming a dad?
3: Oh, well, (laughs) there were moments that we did have our differences, but mom was always respectful when it came to my decisions. Although she did not agree with some of them, she always told me that she respected my decisions. She has always been aware of me and my children, regardless of the fact that at some point I have taken an attitude that I no longer want to talk to her. Just because there have been those moments that I didn't want to talk to her because I felt offended, perhaps. But I think that all of this has taught me to value people more. Maybe when I just became a dad, there were many things I didn't know about being a dad, and maybe I wanted to do things my way because maybe I thought that was the best. That period of time, there was a little distance between mom and me.
0: Experiencing parenthood for himself forced Gael to reflect a lot on the way his mom parented him, which in turn brought a lot of conflicting perspectives. Interestingly enough, parenthood did the opposite for Eugenia and Julia's relationship as mother and child. While for Gael, becoming a dad made him distance away from his mom. For Ojeña, it was what brought them together. How has the relationship with your mom changed after having your own kids?
1: Uh, hey, I say that it does change a lot because you learn to value what you have even more. I learned to value mom more. We didn't understand each other well on certain things. But when you are a mother, you share, you share much more with your own mother, not only seeking advice, but also experiences and not only advice in terms of, oh, mom, that's how Daniel, my son, is behaving. What could it be? No, even as a woman, one feels more confident and comfortable to ask mom and tell her, look, mom, this is happening to me. That connection with mom is even more.
0: While Eugenia and Gael grew up under the care of their aunt, Julia's sister, they often only had each other to rely on. Their bond as siblings is very strong, and I could for sure feel that when I was interviewing both of them. For the longest time, they thought it would always be them against the world. So imagine their surprise upon hearing that their mom was going to have a child in the US. It had been around eight years since Julia left Aguror, way past the initial promise she made to Eugenia and Gael on coming back within four years. It came as a big surprise to them, one that completely changed the family dynamic. How did you feel when your mom told you she was having a child in the U.S.? Did your guys' relationship change? Well, look, um, I
1: remember when mom told us that she was going to have Alex If I'm not mistaken, I was 18 years old, and yes, I was afraid that mom would forget about us. I was afraid. And I remember that when I was talking to Gael, I would tell him, Hey, hopefully it's a boy. Hopefully it's a boy. (laughs) Because I said, I want to be the only girl. Maybe that way they won't forget about me. (laughs) I had that idea, and I remember I remember that I even got angry with mom.
2: <laughs>
1: when separated, I had that fear, because apart from that, we saw the experiences of other families who also had children in the U.S. after immigrating, and in truth, to their bad luck, they neglected their children that they had here in Ecuador, so it could happen to us. But um, mom, with her facts and actions, demonstrated that nothing was going to change. How did you feel when you heard that your
0: mom was going to have a child in the U.S.?
3: Well, you know that for me it was a situation like like weird. But in fact, just, just at that time when mom was pregnant, I was trying to travel there. And I remember that deep down... I didn't want to go. I was 16 years old at that time. During all that trip of almost two months that I was out of the country, I I always wanted to return. I did not want to go. But when I arrived in the city of Tijuana and I arrived at the hotel and could look at the horizon to the desert that was the border, then right there, that thought changed in me. And rather, I had joy in my heart because I said, At last, I'm going to be with mom. I'm finally going to take care of her. I'm going to see my brother. And I had that illusion. I think that the relationship that we have as siblings has been very difficult for it to flourish. For there to be love between us. But thank God it eventually happened.
0: When I asked Julia herself how her kids responded to the news of her having Alex, she gave a similar response. How did things change with your children in Ecuador once you had kids in the
2: U.S.? A lot. Mm, They gained a lot of resentment because they thought thought that I was only ever going to be them, especially my boy. He got really mad because he thought that by us having kids here that would never go back. And that's why my son had been resentful for many years, many. They got mad and said that I was going to love the ones that I had here more than them. But I always told them that it is not like that, that that every child in my heart it doesn't change the place of one another.
0: What made the Murillo's family dynamics so unique, aside from the fact that they were physically miles and miles apart, was also the contrasting culture and setting in which Julia had to raise her kids. Add in the fact that Julia was only a teenager when she had her two oldest children in comparison to when she was in her mid thirties, when she had her two youngest kids. The way Julia mothered her children was very different for Alex and Melanie versus Eugenia How was it like to raise kids in the U.S. versus Ecuador?
2: Well, here I learned a different way of raising kids. Here I have learned a lot of of things. Here I learned what truly is raising a child with a lot of more. I would say with a lot of more respect. Yes, I learned truly to love one's child with how I like to say, with the facts, with virtues, to love them how they are and to respect the decisions and things that they too are allowed to form an opinion on regarding the family.
0: How do you think distance has impacted or affected being a mother for you?
2: Well, Having children afar and children close is like being entre la espada y la pared, between a sword and a wall. Sometimes I think to myself, I want to be two so that one of me could be here and another one over there. Because sometimes I think and I say, I want to see my two children, my two kids, that I left so many years ago. But it's like cutting my heart in half and leave the other half here. So sometimes I don't know what to do. I say, God give me strength. Sometimes perhaps no one noticed that I cry when I'm alone. I still cry when I'm alone because I know that I am blissful and happy mother because I have the company of my kids here. But it also gives me a long a longing to hug my two older children. And I just ask God to give me patience. That God may give me life and health for me to be able to one day hug them.
0: It hasn't been easy. I better said it isn't easy. For both her children in ecuador and herself but as someone who's in a similar family situation being the other side of the story of being the one who has had the privilege of growing up with one's mom by their side i also wanted to hear from alex who is now 22 working full-time in it and living with julia alex was born in new york where julia first immigrated to and has since been able to visit ecuador once with his younger sister melanie Unlike their parents, Alex and Melanie have the ability and opportunity to visit and physically be with Ohenia and They have the ability to experience familyhood with both their parents and siblings in Ecuador, but never together or at the same time. It's always either one or the other. Having your family be physically separated and with the inability to see each other, how does that make you feel about your family and just family structure and what it means to be family for those in a similar situation to you?
4: Uh, I would say the structure is still, it's still strong because our brother, our older sister over there, they know, uh, that their mother and father loves them. They, they know that their own sibling loves them. Uh, we help them out, uh, including the, the structure, uh, she, she wants both of them to be here uh with us so she can hug them so like uh that's already kind of the goal in my head uh i think how i can get that to happen in this world money is is one money is king money is the is the works to get to get stuff so in my head in my in order to get that money in order to get them from ecuador at least uh, for a couple days to us to to our to our mother for them to hug for the longest time that they've ever hugged Uh, more than 20 years with their last hug uh, to get that to happen i work so hard to get better education and better work I want our mother to feel wa- the warmth of the two oldest siblings because I know for her for her that it hurts her and I've seen her cry sometimes and it hurts me because knowing that I'm more courage to just work hard about someone somebody and even uh to the point of risking your life that is family to me.
0: Alex and I shared a lot of the same feelings regarding our families. Well, there were many things that we talked about. What stuck out for me was just how amazing it is, despite the complicatedness and barriers that there are for our families to build that strong relationship and love. We were able to achieve that. But what does it mean to be family?
2: Family means everything. The union is a complement. I would say that this, this cannot be compared to anything else. Family union is sharing everything, ideas, plans, I mean goals that one one wants to achieve, supporting one another, and us as parents to help them, to help learn that our children keep moving forward, forward. To me, that is the family union. When you can give something to your children, giving it, to them when they need it not when they no longer need it
4: family means having your close ones your close ones and loved ones right next to you because no matter what or how you see uh, it their family it could even be a dog a guinea pig or a cat the amount of love you put to them The amount of love the others put to them, them and them to you, their family, they always will be family. So for me, love between people, blood related or not, if you care about them a lot to the point uh, that in a life death situation, you would sacrifice yourself for them, even for a friend, well, at that point, uh, you aren't friends to, to you, their family. Family is loving, caring about someone, somebody, and even uh, to the point of risking your life, that is family to me.
1: When I hear family, what always comes to mind is, I remember when my dad got on the plane, because as I tell you, mija, family is sacrifice. Family is effort. And perhaps in that moment, I felt that it was ending, like I was losing everything. It's like from that moment for me, the family was fractured. Since dad left, as always, one half was missing. And later when my mom left, it was the same. You had a whole life and it slowly turned to pieces. And that's sometimes what family is. When I was a young girl, I cried a lot with my brother. We miss them so much. We pray to God that they return soon. But as I'm telling you, now that I'm an adult, I know that the sacrifice that the two of them made was necessary. It was necessary for the good of both of us. So, as I told you, that's what family is, mija. There are moments when it divides, it fractures, but you spend time and it comes together again, and that's how it will be. And once again, as I tell you, perhaps due to life circumstances, we divide again, we go from one side to the other, but that family has a nucleus. It has something that will always bring us, and that is mom and dad. For me, that is family.
3: First, it's, it's home. It is home, and it is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. It's the most sacred thing that one does not want anyone to touch for anyone to stain, for anyone to destroy that which is a treasure for us. That, to me, is family. And it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that my parents and siblings in the U.S. aren't physically by my side. My family, it's, it's them. It's the home I have here with my two daughters and wife, with Eugenia and her partner and children. It's like I told you, it's what we all take care of and nobody hurts nobody breaks it they are the greatest treasure always too i have told god on occasions when i have when i've prayed i have said even if the next day i have to die but the last thing i want to do is be able to hug my mom
0: Thank you for listening, and special thanks to the Murillo family who were open to letting me highlight and share their story, because it's an important one and one that many others are going through. It's a story that causes you to reflect on what it means to be family and the value of putting time and effort into cultivating familial relationships. As Alex said, family isn't just bound by blood ties, family is more than just the positive side and love. It's also about sacrifice. And I truly hope that one day, for families, that are separated due to mixed citizenship status, or the child welfare system, otherwise known as the foster industrial complex, natural disasters, or whatever circumstance, that they be united again. I hope that through learning and hearing about Juli and her children's experience, that those going through a similar situation find comfort and realize that they're not alone. And for those who do not share the same experience, that they become aware of families like the Murillos and just gain more empathy and understanding. A special thank you to Sofia Padilla, Ruben Vallejo Regalado, Admin Landy, and Maria Quintana for doing the English voiceovers. And with that, this has been JC from Listen Up. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of Youth Soup on a live podcast app, now available on iOS and coming soon to Android.
3: This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.